Uh, hello and welcome to the Capital Hive podcast. And you just want to introduce yourself, name and what you do. Hi, my name is Dipanch. Thanks for having me. I've uh, founded a company called Scooterson. It's, it's a mobility company. We build an intelligent electric scooter. We are, I'm the founder and the CTO in the company. Nice. And about my back, about my background, do you want me to add on the background or sure. should we move to the next one? Uh, so, so before Scooterson, I've done two more startups and have one exit and one got acquired. And now I'm doing Scooterson since last four years. So it's been a long time. Nice. Yeah, as you mentioned, um, you had two startups before you did Scooterson. And so how did you start your first business? Because you're not that old. And so if you've already done three, how old were you when you started your first um, adventure? So uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, thanks for complimenting me. I, I'm not that old. Yeah, I'm 29 year old. And uh, I started when I was 19 back in my college days. And uh, so it's been almost 10 years of doing companies. So technically it's been a long time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when I started, I was 19 year old. So. And what was your first business you started when you were 19 years old? Okay. So uh, when, when I started the company, so it wasn't actually a business business. I was working on a project uh, as an individual on, uh, through some help of friends and on, online friends. Like uh, I used to refer Stack Overflow. That's uh, because Stack Overflow was very new. I started joining it, joined various communities, uh, met one guy named Michael, and we started working on a CRM-based module, which was a website where you can go and create apps on the fly. So imagine having a website, having a website just like uh, uh, where you can build apps on the fly right? rather than building uh, web, uh, building websites. There are certain companies which are building websites these days, but mm. uh, we used to build apps on, on the website. So you can just go on the platform say, hey, I want a web, uh, an app for my wedding or for something which I'm interested in, like an event I'm hosting, and you can go on the website, create, put uh, graphics, put image, define the flow, what integration you want. And in a couple of hours, you have an app running on <clears throat> running for you. It's usually on Android, then followed by an iOS app. Right, so it's like- so it's That's like what Square we were doing Space. back in 2000. To... Okay, yes, so it's like, like a Squarespace. You can say Squarespace. Okay. And yeah, but it was long time before mobile. So it was when mobile apps was a thing. It was starting up in 2009, 2010, when smartphone was not that famous, but they're still penetrating. The WhatsApp recently got started that I'm talking about those times. So doing mobile app on the fly was was a huge thing. And we had a team which were doing amazingly very well. We were, we were five people, including two founders. And then the third co-founder, one of one joined in who was into sales. And we were then we became three founders and we start rolling out the product. The interesting thing which happened is when uh, so I, I I started in India. I was I'm, I'm born in India, and uh, so when I when I was in college, uh, we have there's an institute in India. It's called Indian Institute of Technology. This is one of the uh, one of the biggest or the most famous or hard to get in colleges. 
in India. So, so when I was in college, uh, it, it, it's the probability of getting into IIT is very, very low. Yes, because around uh, 1 million people appear for, for, the, for the exam and only there are 5,000 seats. So you can imagine how hard it can be. Yeah. Um, once you get there, it's the biggest thing uh, for entire family and everyone. And I was doing this and I never want to be an engineer. So while doing a startup, I quit my college. Hmm. Because we raise capital and the pro- product uh, product get into limelight through through a movement called India Against Corruption. There was a political there was a political event which was going in India for an anti-corruption movement, which turned into a political party later on. It's one of the biggest political party in India. Uh, but they use our web, uh, website to build their apps for raising funds. That's how the platform gets so much into limelight. Like I was on the newspaper, I was in the in the magazines, I was on national news. Who built this platform? How they are raising so fast money, and that's how it. That's how I raise money for the first company. That's interesting. I've never heard like that approach using politics, and that's interesting. But so you said you were two, and then a third one came in. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. We were two. We. Uh, I was me. Uh, me and Michael. Michael Messi, his was name is Michael Messi. We two started this product, and then there was another friend of Michael who is his batch, who was his batchmate, and uh, he joined in. Uh, and the, the entire interesting story about this is I met Michael. So I used to work for various company as a uh, as as a consultant and open source developer. So I was working for Samsung on their uh, operating system called Bada as a, a developer, or like online developer. And uh, there was an event where they invited us to go join in. That's that's the event where I met Michael for the first time. And when I met Michael for the first time, I thought, oh, oh yeah, this guy looks like me. And maybe maybe uh, I chatted with him. He was from uh, the same institute in a different city. And I was asking, normally talking. And I thought maybe he said he did. Uh, he's graduated. He's been working somewhere. So I thought probably like two, three years older than me. But, but when we registered the company for the first time, I realized he's 10 years older than me, actually 11 years older than me. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, he doesn't look like 11 year old. And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so that was that, that was a very interesting thing, which, which I've been lucky or I've been blessed with, uh, that I always get a chance to work with the people who are older than me. So that's how I picked up things faster without being working anywhere. So they, they usually taught me how structure, how you, do programming, how you structure it, how you make it a production level stuff, because Michael was also an engineer in computers. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the thing which taught me uh, how, how to build a, a product. So, but neither Michael, neither I had an experience of building companies, you know, how to raise capital and everything. We neither had experience of sales. So that's why we had another co-founder called Nishant. He joined in and he wants to be the he wants to handle the sales of the thing, you know, building connections, taking to other, getting more limelight, taking, talking to investors. And, uh, but neither of three of us never had an experience of building a company like startup. Startup was a very new thing back in India. It was not like what it is. Right now it was like, no one knows. Like if you go and tell your parents, like why well, I'm doing a startup, it's like, what? It's exactly a startup. Why will someone give you money on an idea? It was a very, very new thing. People can't believe it. And from now, now what it is, it's very normal. <clears throat> so so when I was when I was doing that, and then raising capital was very difficult. I mean, you don't even know how what exactly terms terms 
to sign and how how you classify your stocks on what valuation you raise capital who whom should you bring in whom should you give a board seat all this was like very new for us and yeah that was that was a pain point i mean because of having no experience in that direction i end up having an exit to a company which was doing very very well because i end up giving 40% to a, uh, to an investor who doesn't want us to follow on what we were building uh, i mean follow on the product which we were, which we were building he wanted us to turn into a product centric country uh, company which make uh, like which offer client services to people who wants to build their apps okay so you turned the business around practically from what you did to what he wanted it to become yes so i said i don't want to do this i don't want to make apps for other companies my product can build apps and i want to be a product company rather than turn into a client based company where you can you can get a quotation from a client and they will make and our team will make their apps depend what they want you know the client bases which is pretty much a very common business in india and i exited i sold my stake and yeah that's why that's the first exit i have in 2 years when i started the company and how did it feel to leave the the company you were worked so hard on building and moving on was it something you were happy to do because it was like a weight off your shoulders or was it a difficult thing because you worked so hard on it well uh yeah this this is a very interesting question like when when someone asked me how what whenever whenever i start something new people ask why is doing this you want to have an exit or you want to you know take it further to an ipo or maybe do a complete like for for eternity i mean for your life like amazon apple or it's going to be what i did in my life like build a company sell it and move to i to the project. so whenever you decide to have an exit uh, for for me is is i always believe there are two things which which make you decide if you want to have an exit or not it's either you are confused with the vision of the company where the like you build a product thinking that the product will be used by this sort of audience and once you put the product in the market you figure out oh i what i believe was not right people start using the product in this way and the way the people start using the product it happens so fast that you won't able to iterate the product in that direction and then you are confused what's going on all of your that was happened in the first company i was so confused in deciding what exactly i need to do like should i do the client service because it is it's pouring a lot of money but or should i conceive the product the way i uh, way i build it so this was so that was the that was the first thing which made me realize okay i should sell the company you know i should exit because people are pushing me and i don't know what exactly i want to do into the product and so <clears throat> that's why i exit the first one and how i felt of course i felt weird after i figure after i did another company and i figure out oh what i was doing in the previous company was much much better than what i know right now so if i been doing that maybe i that will be a big one of the biggest company but the funny thing is when i exited the company the company is kind of screwed they're still working the company is still in operation but they are screwed so it's okay <laughs> So in a in a way it was difficult to leave but it was a weight off your shoulders. And then after you sold the company how did you move on to the next one? Did you have like a break? Did you or did you straight move on or what what happened after you sold your company? 
Okay, so uh, when when I when I had an exit for the first company, I had so many things to prove upon. So I'm not sure how much you are aware about uh, about Indian community and how they work. So so whenever you do something in India, it's 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 which is disruptive or which is not in a structure where like like you have to you have to go to school, score good, get into good college, score good, get into good job go into ladder like whatever hierarchy you want to get in get settled down make babies and whatever buy a house buy a car pretty much this is what the this is how the cycle of an individual goes here i mean in india thankfully i moved out of the country but yeah but uh if you if you uh if you look uh, in what i did it was completely different so i went to this i did to, to the college and i stopped going to college and that created a panic in my family. So the first thing I need to prove was to prove my parents that I can make money without completing my college. So to show that, I the first thing I did, I went and buy the most expensive car I can afford. That was a stupid move, but I did that. And then I was chilling for uh, for a while, like six, seven months, until I ran out of all the money, which I, I was 21 year old, I had no clue what to do with the money. So I was just chilling around and then uh, then I got bored, start working on something and start applying. Uh, so I start working with another friend of mine called Daniel. We were working on a white hacking website where we used to, where we used to consult people how screwed their software is and we need to, we used to fix them. I was doing that while I was doing that, I get a chance to uh, interview at Facebook. Uh, that was a eureka moment in my life when I went to interview at Facebook and I cleared the round and then, uh, and while doing that, I met this guy. Uh, his name his name was Prashant, and he was the first guy who interviewed me for an internship in my first year. And he was asking what I'm doing in my life and all sort of stuff. So I told him this this is what I did, this is what I did, and uh, now I'm working on I'm here for interview, and I've been working on something in contextual. Like I want to make uh, make a platform which can make make someone your steward. So for example, you go sleep and you can, you always, and you have to get up next day early, you call your mom or your friend or your girlfriend, hey, can you get me up at this hour? Because I have a very important task to take care of. So, or you ask someone to, for a contact detail, you know, like, can you send me the contact person or can you do something for me on via this contact? So this kind of, you assign your tasks to certain people and why don't you call them stored? And there is a platform which give you an access to your phone certain things in your phone which which remind them when you are not able to do them for example you miss to get up you send a notification to your mom or a nudge to your mom that oh you forget to wake him wake your son up you should call him or do something so that he gets up so that so in this in this all this platform i was analyzing how when a person sleeps and the person gets up and all sort of things back in 2012 2013 and i was talking with prashant and he gave me a book to read called honest signal and we, I read that in the same book. The book is all about how everything you do in, in your life has a signal associated to it. And if you keep collecting those signals, you can understand the pattern and figure out a routine or or a, or a something which can make their life much more easier. Mm-hmm. So we, we conceived that idea and we start using signals from your phone, 
for example we can tell you when you go to work depends how you depends on dropout effect for example we can tell you how you commute to work is is there an interaction with your phone there's no interaction with the phone that means you're driving or is your phone connected to a bluetooth which is a car bluetooth we can tell you are driving towards a car i mean within a car but if you are changing cell location very fast and uh, you're using still using a phone that means you are driven by something and depend on the speed you are driven we can tell you that you're in a train or in a in a car so this kind of we we keep collecting all the signal we used to collect signal like what kind of song you listen what kind, when do you shuffle the song when do you play a video game when when what do you watch this kind of thing we, we used to understand and create or an algorithm out of it like okay this is the person who can um, whom you uh, and he's a fan of tom cruise and he usually commute to work in a in a train this is the right time you should show him tom cruise video you know this was a business side or or on the on the product side you can tell the person hey you usually you usually call your wife or your girlfriend when you reach office depend on the wifi you connect to and you forget to call your wife or or your mom or they have a missed call and you and you have 5 minutes to call you call them or text them and you should do it and this was this was before siri and google now exist okay so it was like so we were picking up on patterns and then helping people um remember things that are usually in their pattern but if they forgot it you'll send yes. a message yes yes yeah yeah exactly like this that was a consumer side yeah that's what we were building we were building through algorithms in 2014 2015 we got funded by google and uh, we had very strong data scientist team we were working on a we had 1 million users and it was very interesting product which we were building but in 2015 when we were raising a lot uh, another uh, series b round and uh, we were uh, we were approached by companies to sell the ip and that's how we had an exit to so we've been approached by various companies but we sold it to alibaba and this alibaba and their acquisition company in india called paytm they acquired the company in 2016 uh january for entire ip and yeah the team the team got merged and yeah i had a contract with them for one year so i worked there for one year in different part of china and hong kong and then canada yeah in india as well and after in meanwhile i was traveling in between and that's when i met mignia in a conference again in in budapest and uh, and that's how the scooterson happened i mean that's how i met we met for the first time and we discussed and we keep on talking and and yeah the scooterson happened that's another interesting story how it perceived but yeah yeah but before we move on to scooterson now you made i'm guessing the second was an app as well uh so there's an app right the second one uh, yeah it was it was on the consumer side yes it was an app okay so if i understand this right when when did these companies become profitable so did you sell them when they already made money or did you sell them as like this has a lot of potential in the future to make money or were you already profitable No 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 so none of uh, I mean the second company never made money we never executed the business model we had a business model but the the ip was so strong that they acquired the business before we turn into a uh, turn into a business making one uh, company i mean money making company 
Okay, and you just and you sold um the the software behind before it started making money. Yes. Uh, so uh, so in in uh, I'm not sure how much you have tracked it down. So, in in consumer apps before uh, before 2015, six, uh, uh, 2014, the metrics for raising and selling companies were was usually on daily active user, monthly active user, engagement rates, and all sort of. It is not required that the business need to make money. <laughs> it need to have engagement. You can raise money on engagement. That's how it used to be. And it's not anymore or? Now, now there are various other metrics as well. It's not just, I mean, they are, th these metrics are important, but there are various other metrics like how, how fast you're gonna iterate toward a business model, how difficult the ad business model is, how you're gonna retain the people. You know, this kind of, there are various more metrics now because we start analyzing all sort of, uh, all sort of parameters and people have understood uh, mobile apps is almost like 12 years mobile app exist. Uh, so, yeah, so people have different metric, different verticals to check on and evaluate the company if they don't make money. Okay. Now you, you, you say all of these metrics but when you sold the company to uh, Alibaba, did did they approach you, or did you like ask uh, like uh, around to sell, and then they said we'll bid the highest amount for your company? Mm -hmm. uh, so we we do have investors uh, who has connections, like for example, uh, there's a company called Paytm. It's one of the unicorn in it. Yeah, they, the founder of that company invested in our company and they, Alibaba also invested in that company. So he pitched, uh, he told the investment committee there that they had an investment in this and this company is doing very, very well. They have been doing this. And that's how we get into, you know, their limelight. Okay, they, what they are doing and they are trying to raise capital. And then they say what they have, the what IP they have, how big their team is, what due diligence, they did a technical due diligence, what we have done so far. and. What, are, what information we can use, what information they cannot be used. <laughs> and the interesting fact is after after the company got acquired in 2016, 2017, the privacy thing got so, uh, so stronger. Now what we were doing back in the system using Android phone is practically impossible to do it now, unless you are at Google, because Google shut down all the privacy settings. You can't read things from your phone and un only Google can. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so actually, no, that was, your that, app today would not be possible, at least not in the way it was back then. Yes, it's not possible to build such product now. All right, and now I'm thinking about you making an app. Was app design, app development, always something you interested were interested in, or was it just something that happened through the people you met and and yeah, just the events that occurred. So um, uh, that's an interesting question, how it happens to me. I start, I mean, I was always intrigued with the fact that, so when, when I was in college, the college used to teach me things uh, like programming languages and other, other information, but they never, they never let you tell you how you can use them, you know? Of course you can build a software, but building a software using a desktop application is a huge task and you require a set of people, you require a set of skills, you know? to build something or uh, something which is very uh, good enough to be used on a laptop or 
you know, that's what it been perceived when I was in college. But an app is something which is very small. It can just stand in your phone and you just do simple calculation. For example, it can just calculate your BMI. It can calculate your GPA. It can calculate certain things which require a website to do it. But with mobile app, you can do it fun way. You know, you can send messages, you can share with your friends instantaneously. So that's how I get, uh, how, that's how I get started because I can learn and I can do things and I can see them uh, in action uh, rather than hosting a website, which just do the same thing. Uh, but mobile was new. So, so that's you, one of the, that was one of the reasons why I started. Yeah, it was new. It was controlled. You can, you can have it very quickly in your hands. You can share with your friends. So, and yeah, primarily is because it was very new and uh, people were interesting in tr trying new things. So one of the, that's why, that's how it's mobile app attracted me rather than building a website. Now I've dabbled in some app design or app development myself, but I find it's been quite not complicated, but it's a lot of work to make an app over, let's say Swift and in Xcode. Was it easier back then to make an app or was it harder? Well, in fact, this now it's very easier. <laughs> Before that, because of lack of resources and or not very much, uh, the community is not very huge. And you can't figure out profiling, you can't understand, you know, mobile app now is, 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 is vast, it's hugely vast, but it's, it's simpler to make an app. But back then, the mobile app was not that very vast, but it was difficult because of the lack of resources and understanding how to do certain things, which you can just now, you can just do it faster. So it, it, it's easier to build an app right now, but it's huge uh, because it's, it's, it, the ecosystem is kind of very broad. So you can be uh, an app developer, but cannot be a game developer. But back in the days, you can do both of these because they are very sh shallow, not hugely different between how to approach the problem. Okay. But would you say it was helpful for your career that you learned it, I guess, the hard way to make an app and were had to approach all of these challenges or do you think you could have lived without them and still made your way? I mean, if it the, the good thing it was harder so that no one were able to do it. <laughs> So for me, it was uh, was something good because it was if, if the problem was harder, not everyone wants to jump in and solve it. Um, so it so for me that keep me uh, hooked and as well as uh, differential from what my colleagues were doing back in college, and uh, so that that helps me in that way. But if 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 we talk about you know, building, uh, it's still companies are building apps these days, you know, they are startups who just build apps like TikTok, for example, or you know, something which is some business app. So they, these are, these are still product, but they are, the product is very vast and they are, they, they, they turn into a platform by in itself. So it, it, it's, that make it, that make the task much more vast and difficult again but not in the way that it's difficult to implement. It's just difficult to make uh, an ecosystem out of it. Okay. Now, 
you say it's become a lot more like accessible and so on. But if if there's one thing you have taken away from making an app and a website that can create apps, what what did you learn by doing all of this back then or and then looking at it now and saying, all right, this is what I've learned from then. And I can use it now to make scooters better than it would be without the experience. Uh, nothing to do with the technology, uh, but in terms of uh, structuring the company, how to raise capital, how to approach the problem in terms of hiring people, retaining people, geographical, so geographically available everywhere. So these are the, these, and, and now nowadays, uh, it's very interesting how companies want to raise capital versus how it was before. So all this, all this learning, which I learned from my previous experience helps me to do what we do at Scooterson. And, 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 and the important thing, what, what we, what I learned is faster to, faster to iterate and faster to pivot if the things doesn't move fast in, in one direction. So, yeah, I mean, Scooterson is completely, it's very, very difficult from what I've done in my last in, last, in my past life because um, uh, because it's a hardware product, it's a physical product which you can touch, it's much more complex. And I haven't, I mean, I'm not a mechanical engineer uh, as per se. I just studied mechanical two semester, uh, but it, it's it's much more complex and uh, yeah. But other uh, but uh, in terms of running business, running the company is primary. It's it's much much more simpler for me from my past experience. Okay, That's so what I use. So you prefer doing software than compared to hardware. Ah uh, yeah, any day. <laughs> And that's because it's easier to like get a hang of it, or is it because it's like you can easier get yourself an overview, like you can have it on your computer and everything is there, or what? What's the reason for you preferring software over hardware? Firstly, uh, I mean it's it just uh, I I it's a challenge thing, like how much challenge you want in your life. So if you like a task to be very much challenging, a product to be very much challenging and interesting then hardware is a thing, you know, you can build things which people will say, wow, when you write it, you know, that's the feeling you get when, when people see our product on the street, they want to click a picture. Just, it's like a Ferrari on the street. You just want to click a picture with a Ferrari or a Porsche or whatever you call it. So that's that's a very good feeling, but the challenge in, in doing a hardware hardware stuff is, is you need to have a lot of money to, uh, to iterate, to manufacture and, and control the entire supply chain. And, and also spend on money on R&D, which is kind of hard unless you have substantial amount of backing from somewhere or someone. So that's, that's, make, it, that's make it more challenging and more difficult. And all, of course, and you don't have that much control on the product uh, as compared to what you have in the software side. In software side, you can just walk over the night or push it on the fly, you know, something screwed up, but you can't do this kind of things in on hardware. Everything needs to be tested. There are various kinds of iterations. There are various kinds of legalization. There are different kinds of licenses. So it's, it's make it more and more complex, but it's fun doing it. It's, it's make you, you know, it's keep you on the, on the edge and makes you learn a lot of things which you can't do building a software. 
but again you if you won't have the same control and same feel when you do a hardware uh, versus uh, software in software you feel more control because everything is in, in in your power and you can just you know do it considering i am a software engineer so I... all right now we'll just lift off you touched upon having control and employing people what are the criterias for you employing a person or getting a person in the boat? What, what, what is that you look for? Is it passion? Is it knowledge? Is it that good uh, like connection between the person you're hiring? Or what is valuable for you when you're hiring? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's depends for what you are hiring for. Usually, but uh, uh, I mean, when when I interview for people for my team or my side, I usually prefer people who are much much smarter than me. First of all, because I will love to work with them uh, as if they were my boss. Let me put that way. So, uh, I mean, if they are uh, my superior, I will love to be under there and learn from them. So that was the that's what what I look for, part uh, in my team, and if they have to work with me under uh, under a certain kind of project. But if you talk about hiring people for other teams or business management or sales, I usually prefer people having uh, having uh, an interest in our product, like they want to buy it or they want to have it or they feel associated with the product so it's that's that's make me that's that's make the priority for me in in, in terms of being smarter I mean, of course they're always going to be smarter than me in sales because i don't do sales okay so you so for you it's important that people have passion for the things that you're have um, for the things they're doing and not only that they're went to the best college and now if I touch on the topic, yeah, uh, college, I, yeah. how important is that for you? Because you dropped out of college. So do you prefer a Harvard, uh, Harvard student compared to some student that went to, I don't know, a, a small university? Does it matter to you? Frankly speaking, it, it doesn't matter to me, but it changed the perception of a person. It, it actually makes you, I don't know, it makes you... Uh, makes you talk to that person. It, it actually impacts. This is a social obligation which this institute has created in your head. But when, when it comes to hiring me, hiring the, in the person in the company, it doesn't matter. Uh, we have people who are like, who has no degrees, like, like they, are, they are like genius. Like we have people in from way, um, the institutes are not very awesome there, but they are like, I've been working with this guy called Neo. He's our industrial designer. And he's from Vietnam. He's like, wow, he just completed a, a backpack for our scooters, which you can carry with the scooter. It has a light connected with the scooters. And it's just like, he, that guy is like amazing. So you wouldn't say, so it's, it's, you know, there's a psychological effect, but you don't want to have it be impacted by, so you don't want to be impacted by it. Well, I do get impacted by it, frankly speaking, but it but it just opens the door for me to have a conversation. I mean, if if someone send me a CV, uh, uh, has a bold date written that I went to this college, I'll probably read it uh, because a guy knows how to market himself. So 
he's, he, there's a catch. But uh, if, if someone send me a CV where there's no school mention, but something which is very intrigued, he has done, I also open that email. But if someone just send me a CV, which nothing written there, it, I won't open that email. So that's how I, I like to put it. Okay. No. So it's... Yeah, I see it just because I'm not sure how I'm stand on the point of college because I want to go to college. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm the college person because I want to become a mechanical engineer. And the, the question I have is, this mm -hmm. college, like, did you actually learn anything in college that you use making your businesses or did it actually help you anything? Or was it more like, good to know, it's not bad information, but it actually didn't help you at all? Okay, frankly speaking, you should go to college. Okay. If you have an option to go to college, go to college. And if you're not sure what you want to do in your life, go to college. If you don't, don't have any clue what you are born for, just go to college. Whenever you're confused in your life, just go to a community. They will redirect you to a certain things or make you realize what you really want to do. Because either you hate it too much or you like it too much. It can't be, or you figure it out what you want to do next. So going to college is an eye opener for me. I mean, that's what I always say. When you are confused in your life, just go to college. We'll figure it out because they are so, you will get so many perspective about things. And in, 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 in IITs, you have different kind of age range. I was in college at very early age. Like I was in college at 16. And uh, <clears throat> because I skipped two years in my, in my studies. And, uh, but, but my roommate was 21 year old, you know? So the perspective of, uh, perspective of what things is completely different for, for, for me and him and how he approached life, how I was approaching life. So it's, it's makes you make it's, it makes you a better person for sure. Uh, if you if you know how how to choose between worse and uh, I mean if you know what is wrong, it can impact you in a weird way as well. But uh, but if you know what's wrong and you choose the right thing and you, it gives you a very good perspective about things. So going to college is a wise wise thing. About learning things from the college, it, it depends what college you go you deciding to go to. But these days college are very uh, very open in terms of giving you hands on job for certain things, like I always want to build a car. So that's why I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. But when I went to college, I figured out that I cannot build car all alone. But, and if I cannot do things all alone, I start feeling weird about the thing. That's why I choose to be a computer engineer because I can, with a, being a computer engineer, I can do things all alone. But, uh, but by running a company, I figured out that there, you can't do everything by your own. You need to have a team, but the thing which you need to learn is how to keep the team thing together team together if you know if you know how to keep the team motivated and together that's what you require to build a car or a plane or whatever you want to build next but it takes a lot of amount lot amount of years for me to figure this out okay now you you, you just quickly mentioned this on the side you went to college with 16 how is that like that's very young to go to college so our typical age to go to college is 18. Yeah. And, uh, and when I go to, went to college, I, uh, so I skipped, so my parents put me in school when I was in, uh, when I was a three year old. And that's, that's one year when I skipped, uh, usually it's four year when you go to school for the first time. So I was in school when I was three year, three year old. And then I had an accident when I was uh, a road accident. 
when I was six or seven. I skipped school for seven, eight months because I kind of had a glass surgery, I mean, a head surgery because I had a glass in my head and kind of lost my memory or some kind of things till they fix everything and I was okay. So that, that way I skipped seven, eight months. And then when I went to school again, they interviewed me and asked me to do tests and they put promoted me to next year. So that's where I skip another year. It's fascinating so. how like how young these see in Switzerland where I live, it's actually a lot later. So I would go to college at 22 and that's not because I'm repeating or anything. That's just because school is longer here and we start later. So yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating because I'm 16 and I don't think I could imagine myself being in college right now, but that was a fun oh, talk. Um, we'll move on to the second part right after a quick break. And thank you for listening to the capital hive podcast.